1: Hello, Trojan fans, welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, alongside, next to me, Chris Turino. This is the Peristyle Podcast, the Ryan and Chris show that we normally do each week on Tuesday. We're also simulcasting this on YouTube, and we're doing it live. We just came from USC's Howard Jones Field from the USC campus to witness uh, Tuesday morning's practice. It's mock game week, so they're getting ready for Rice. 10 days away from the start of the 2022 USC football season. So if you're watching on YouTube, thanks very much for doing that. And uh, you can jump into the comments live and we'll be able to uh, talk about anything, any topics that you have today. We don't have a whole lot of questions that were emailed in. If you have questions for us for the show, uh, podcast at is the email address, or you could call or text us at 424 two five four nine one four one send us a text leave us a voicemail we'll be happy to play on the show but like I said when we do these simulcast live we can actually take the uh, comments on YouTube and display them up on the screen and answer any questions that you have so we we enjoy doing that so hopefully you can uh, follow along uh, as we're doing it so wanted to say hello to Chris first he's right here in the studio next to me Chris how you doing man I'm very tired
0: Ryan you're tired I'm very tired. Um, it was an early practice today. It was a very early practice, 8 a.m. roughly. And I'm just going to power through this. I'm going to power through this podcast, this live session. and I'm going to go home and I'm going to take a nap, full disclosure. Okay,
1: uh, full disclosure. Well, that's fine. You got to take a nap. That's cool. Um, I, earned that nap. <laughs> I earned that nap. I earned that nap. You know, it's weird. This, I was just out there this morning. Uh, I, had my, I was at the gym at 5.30 in the morning and I wasn't sure. I had a class at 6. That ends oh, you're at like one seven. of those people? You're one of the early gym people. uh, I'm an early gym person. Um, Apparently, yeah, I was like, well, I'm not sure how this new schedule is going to work, right? Because we had to be, you know, we have to practice start at 810. But I made it to campus by like 8 o'clock, so it wasn't too bad got home showered and everything. So we got to get used to this whole new schedule. So now, you know, camp is over. It's uh, mock game week. And then we're just every week after this is just going to be the regular kind of routine as they're getting ready for... Um, the, each game coming up each week. This is a mock game week, so they're kind of going through what a regular practice week would be. And then, you know, on Saturday, I, I don't know if they're going to do some sort of scrimmage. It's not open to us. Um, I assume they're going to do some kind of something, some kind of scrimmage. Walk, at least a through or something in the mm-hmm. Coliseum. And then moving forward from that, um, going to, uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to you know get back to the regular routine the following week. And then obviously the game uh, for Rice will be on saturday but
0: uh, ryan you know what i didn't hear what did you hear i did not hear all fall camp situation situational mastery no i didn't, didn't i didn't hear big horsey <laughs> i didn't hear uh the light bulb was gonna come on or is it the light bulb came on or something like that i didn't hear any of those things yeah it,
1: i mean a little <laughs> behind like how whatever behind inside baseball we're like getting ready for the show. We're putting up we're still like doing work from practice cuz practice just ended. So we're like putting up videos and stories and things. And then Chris is listening to some different interviews cuz we we got to talk to players and coaches after practice. And I heard a voice I haven't heard for a while.
0: <laughs> and I turned to Chris like, "What what was that?" Uh yeah. It was a Clay Helton soundbite. It was a Clay Helton as soundbite a, as a soundbite I'm uh ripping for Two star podcast, so I'm not yeah. gonna tell you what it is, but I'm just gonna rip it. Little plug. He was like he he was like like I just shouted his name or something. It was that you had that vis- visceral reaction. You were like, what? Is yeah, going
1: on? Um, weird. We so we didn't really give much of a uh, a heads up that we we're doing this live, and we already did like a live one, an instant analysis live earlier today. So make sure you go check that out. It's up on it's on our YouTube channel, uh inside you know, youtube.com slash inside Troy. So we did that live. You know, we normally we get like a couple hundred people watching us live. Uh this you know, we only got like a handful so far. So I think people are kind of slowly uh, what's a
0: handful? Like twelve?
1: Yeah, like six there's sixteen people live right now. Six 16. Sixteen which is great. Like, so I, my apologies, I didn't like put this out uh on Twitter or anything before we went live. So uh, or we're supposed to put it up on works
0: for me, Ryan. Yeah, just let but it'll me.
1: it'll build up like by the end of the show we'll have a whole bunch of people and stuff on so uh but we do appreciate you and if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms thank you for doing that um if you can subscribe leave us a five star rating that always helps uh to grow the show tell your friends you're at the water cooler uh at, at work whatever let them Everyone's know
0: Everyone's remote ryan i
1: know <laughs> well in in the, in the zoom in the zoom chat like hey you guys like usc right or you know go check out the the Style podcast so Uh, It's been great. We've had, uh, you know, the numbers have been going up. Um, Just so much more interest in the USC football team. So we will be happy to answer your questions and comments and all that here on the show. I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Trader Joe's. We're going to, we're planning a tailgate. I just want to let everyone know we're planning a tailgate uh, for the Rice Games. We're going to try to do some tailgates. We did a couple last year. Trader Joe's is going to be a big part of it. They're going to provide snacks and drinks and things like that. So thank you again. Uh, to Trader Joe's, I got to tell you, like, I always go with like I go with desserts a lot. I bought the cookie butter ice cream. Okay, Man. cookie butter,
0: great, it's great flavor.
1: Legit. And I, I combined it with um, the the chocolate chip dipping cookies. I like they're like the long, like oblong cookies and stuff. Holy cow, uh, those are really good. So I kind of make like a little ice cream sandwich out of those things. So that was kind of fun. But thanks to Trader Joe's for that. We're gonna have to get some, probably not the ice cream for. Um, uh, ice cream for the tailgate but well you know just uh stay tuned so we're doing a
0: tailgate we're gonna do a tailgate do we i have love to go meeting
1: the people uh you chris i feel like
0: we've asked you to do a lot you don't have to do anything here's the thing though Ryan. i just had a brilliant idea okay so hear me out yes the bake-off oh we still have to do that. oh for the we tailgate we do the bake-off for the tailgate yeah because it you won't be make, that busy for you the first make week. you make i don't know you make 10 or whatever i don't know you make a dozen red velvet cupcakes. Okay. I make a dozen red velvet cupcakes. but I we, love But that. we only use ingredients from Trader Joe's. Okay. Oh, okay. Like all our ingredients come from Trader Joe's. Perfect. It's got the colors, red and white, uh, red velvet, red, red and velvet white. The y- 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 I got there. And then we just have like a little <laughs> fishbowl, and people write down what their vote is. Okay. For which ones. It's a blind taste test though. Blind
1: taste test, yeah. So, so we'll like, have like... Yours a, will
0: be one. Sample A and sample, sample B. B. You write down which one you like. We could
1: cut them into like quarters. sure, and sure just, whatever. And like we could have a whole bunch of people vote. But we got to do here. this. We got to do have, it. We have to remember before... It's going to be a busy week. Air. It's going to be a it's busy gonna week. It's going to be a busy week. But we have to do it. Okay. I like it. I like what we're doing All right. there. Hold us to it. Uh, yes, please let us know. And uh, we'd love to do that. Okay. So, Chris, let's talk some... Fall camp's over,
0: right? It's done. Forget it's about done. it. It's all done. I don't even remember it.
1: Practice looked a little different today. Uh mm-hmm. it just looked different because we the portions we get to see in the beginning are always, you know, limited, they're stretching and things like that. That's pretty much was the same. Uh, I watched a little bit of the special team stuff going on. I wanted to get some pictures of some of the specialists and, you know, it's you some cool shots to get the re- guys doing returns cuz like Jordan Addison and Rayleigh Brown, guys like that are doing returns. So you can get some shots of them. And then, uh, you know, when the offense went over there to, you know, their side of the field, some of the offensive players stayed on Brian Kennedy and they went right into these sort of like walkthroughs with the, you know, first couple units of the defense and the, uh, you know, the scout team for the offense. You had some of those uh, shorter quarterbacks that you never really see doing much. They're out there, you know, running drills. Basically, mimicking uh, what Rice was doing. But, um, you know, could see some interesting stuff over there. I, we're not, we can't really disclose. We're not allowed to talk about most of the stuff, I think. But uh, it was a different look, you know, something we just hadn't seen. They didn't do petition drills or anything. They went right into this kind of, uh, I guess, walkthrough against the scout team.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like the most we've ever seen in a Lincoln Riley practice in terms of like, schematically or just like team stuff in general outside of you know the the spring spring game or anything like that you know we see some of those team pursuit drills in the beginning with the first team or the defense which kind of gives us an idea but we don't really know if that's what it really looks like once we're you know kind of ushered out the door but this is the closest we've seen to anything that's sort of like oh that's interesting uh eric gentry doesn't work doesn't isn't like the first team guy in those two team, team pursuit drills, but a lot of first team work today working with against that scout offense. So those were kind of the things we saw. And then I I think I also noted how fluid it was between the first and second team. There were a lot of guys like f- switching back and forth, going between both units. The It was kind of hard to tell which was the first second team unit because they were kind of blend so well together to have guys move in and out. So, you know, they talked about having a rotation. So, uh, we shouldn't be surprised by that, but you know, we did we get to, we did get to see a lot uh, from the that uh, that brief window of uh, scout scout prep.
1: Yeah, it was kind of cool to see. Um, and we were like, can we? I took pictures and stuff, and I you know we got a little bit of a video. But it's always, I mean, there's always opportunities because that you would see the defense uh, come out and do this drill where they kind of line up in a formation and then just basically run to one corner or the other. The whole team's like running, and I think you do a really good job. Uh, make sure you check out his ghost notes, by the way, if you haven't checked that out yet. A uh, really good job of uh, kind of noting who's running with what unit. Um, and I know there was some talk about Eric Gentry. Someone had said, I think it was like on the, it was on Twitter or something. That he was like running with like the third team and his mom <laughs> chimed in. It was like, nope, he's uh, taking first team reps. And we hadn't seen that, but we got to see a little bit of that today. You know, he was, you know, he was out there uh, with the first team sometimes. So that's, that's good to see. I mean, you look at him and you're like, okay, he needs to put on some weight, but then everything you hear about him, uh, and we have a story up on uscfootball.com kind of describing what a lot of the people around the program have said about him. It's just, you always hear like athletic, he's making plays. He's just someone that's around the football and, you know, yeah, maybe he's, he has to grow into his body a little bit, but it looks like someone that can play. And, you know, I, if you didn't think he was going to be a significant part of this defense, I think you're going to be mistaken. It's,
0: it seems like he's going to be out there. Absolutely. And I think, I don't think there was a lot of doubt that he wasn't going to be out there at some point. It was just he needs to catch up. You know, he needs to. He wasn't here in the spring, obviously. He was uh, in the portal a lot, didn't have spring football. So for him, it was just getting acclimated to the to the team, getting acclimated to this new defensive scheme, just getting acclimated more to playing that inside position. You know, he played, you know, that kind of... Uh, uh, at the off the line of scrimmage linebacker last year at ASU, so he's not unfamiliar to that, even though he was an edge player out of high school. But the talent is there. We we, we can all see it. You know, he had an interception in that scrimmage a couple weeks ago. He's making plays and you know Brian Odom was kind of raving about him in terms of, you know, how much he kind of plays with the chip on his shoulder and how you see him week to week or in practice to practice kind of growing. So it, it's not a matter of uh if he'll play, it's kind of when he'll play. And it seems like that win is coming up pretty quickly. Yeah, you would
1: think so, um, just from what we've seen today and just what we've heard about him. He's just someone that's going to be a big, I think he'll be a big contributor. And it's one of those deals where, like, there's guys coming over from the portal that you might not hear from for a while. And there's other guys coming from the portal that are going to have, like, a big splash, right? I mean, there's the Caleb Williams and the Jordan Addisons of the world. On the defensive side, it's a little bit more. I think there's more nuance to it because you're not really sure um, who is going to end up being this big contributor. You know, like a guy like Romello Height. You think if he comes in and gets like eight, nine sacks for the season, like that's pretty that's pretty darn good, you know. Uh, But a guy like Eric Gentry, just there's there's oozing with potential, right? There's just so much potential there. Uh, What ends up happening with him? But I I wasn't sure, you know, uh, if he if we were going to see him. Uh, getting significant playing time, especially like you talked to Brian Odom and he's not into rotating guys. He's into like playing his dudes. Um, I guess he's in the top three of the linebackers, right? And you're going to have him and Easily. Shane Lee and and, and Raylan go forth and those guys kind of out there depending on what formation they're using. So you I kind of get a little bit more optimistic, Chris, as we go forward of, um, you know, just I think the defense, the way it's put together, it's not. Superstar driven, like the offensive side, but man, I think some of the way that these pieces are coming together, I think it's going to work pretty well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, it's clear that Gentry is moving up. You know, he recently made a big jump in our top 30 re-rank that we did, me and Shotgun did. I believe he was in the 25 range, and now he's up to 17. So I think that sort of speaks to the importance that he's bringing to this defense and how all that praise everyone was giving him. Uh, throughout the throughout fall camp and such. But still need to see it on the field. But I think we're going to see it on the field, Ryan.
1: Yeah, I think we will too. Uh, I just put a picture up of, of Alex Grinch. I got to put a picture of someone else up here if you're watching on YouTube. Corey Foreman, Chris. Uh, we got to see him out there. Now, He, I believe he ran with the second team when I saw him mm-hmm. doing stuff. But just to see him in pads, not in a bucket hat, not... Doing some kind of drills on the side, like being as you know part of the team. Uh, I took some photos today. This is a photo I took this morning. Um, Shotgun tweeted it out, and it's like people are going to be happy about this. I think people are going to be happy to hear more about Corey Foreman,
0: right? And obviously, Corey's number one obstacle is just getting reps, getting getting practice time, and that's what Lincoln Riley is really hit on that he needs to, if he wants to be on the field on Saturdays, he needs to be on the field throughout the week in practice. And he said he made that a note of anybody. You know, he was he made that answer about Damani, Damani Jackson, who's dealing with an injury about, yeah, he's talented, but he needs to be on the field. You're not going to play for us if you're not practicing. If you're not on the field, you know, Monday through Friday or Thursday or whatever, you're not going to play on Saturday. So that's the biggest obstacle right now for Corey, just getting him reps. They have time, obviously, you know, kind of two weeks until the season. I know that's not a long time, but that's enough time to get practice, get him acclimated. He did go through spring. So I think that's just the big storyline with that. That portion of the defense is just getting Corey up to speed after missing all of fall camp. And Romello is obviously a little bit banged up. So Corey, number zero, big opportunity to maybe step in, play a little bit more. If if height isn't, isn't fully healthy uh, come Rice game, you know, Maybe I, I I would assume that assuming he's good to go uh, if he if he clears medical, uh, Romello is going to start. And but yeah. you know it's a Rice game; they're probably going to be beating that team big. So you know, pull your starters, pull pull Romello out, and let Corey kind of go out there and get a lot of run, get a lot of time out there. So I would expect to get him up to speed. He can he has the opportunity to get a lot of time uh, in that Rice game. I think so. I think you're right. Um...
1: Man, I just can't wait. 10 days away. I can't wait to just see kind of what USC has in store. I want to talk about the offensive line. We ended up getting a question uh, from Phil. Okay. Uh, who's your favorite player to watch? Oh, I'm sorry. I put the wrong one up there. Whoop. Um, Whoop. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Sorry, Phil. I'll come back to you in a second. This was uh, Mr. Marshall. Um, thank you both for keeping us updated. Any idea when we will find out who wins the left tackle job? And... Uh, RJ Abadia got to speak with uh, Josh Henson this morning, who's USC's offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, and I think he got a one-on-one with him. Sounds like everyone else, no one really got a chance to interview him, and he was asked about this uh, specifically. Let me put a Cortland Ford picture up there for you. So Cortland Ford and Bobby Haskins are the two guys battling it out. I actually talked to Justin Dienich a little bit about it, too, and he, he you know, said that there's really no spots um, taken. Uh, there's a battle there, but he said if you you know you have to be looking over your shoulder because someone's gonna be trying to take your job but that's really where uh, the battle is He's uh, Henson's talked about not being um, overly overjoyed I guess with the, the amount of depth that they have on the offensive line um, but it sounds like you know you got your Justin Dietrichs, your uh, Brett Neons, your Andrew Voorhees. Jonah Monheim at the right tackle, and then it's going to be either Cortland Ford or Bobby Haskins uh, at the left spot. So, Chris, any thoughts on uh, left tackle Based on
0: what Lincoln said, it sounded like this week, and I would assume probably more so over the weekend, that they were going to kind of sit down and look at it position by position and kind of really start to hammer out kind of that depth chart. So I would expect – by next week probably you know going to the the final week of rice prep season prep i would ex- i would assume we're going to see sort of that that number one left tackle or he's going to announce it in his scrum like we're going to go with blah 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 but you know every every week you you could see a change you know no one's job is set just because you're the starter for week 1 by week 5 you're maybe not the starter so and that being said i would probably lean towards Cortland Ford being the number one guy uh, for the opener but I think Haskins will play I think they'll rotate them uh, give them some opportunities out there on Saturday so I would probably lean towards Ford right now and I would expect by next week we should have that solidified at least for the first week. Yeah I agree with you there Um, and
1: Henson talked about that today where it's just it's going to be a battle up until or you know including the season and uh, if one guy wins a job, you might see the other, you know, someone else uh, take it over at some point if they don't perform well enough on the field. So I kind of like that. They're, you're keeping your options open. Um, one of the, the main guy, you know, one of the guys that we're talking about a lot is uh, the incoming freshman, uh, Rayleigh Brown. We're curious to see how he's going to be used. I mentioned him, like, you know, catching uh, uh, some kicks and stuff early in practice. We get to watch that. We can watch him catch some passes through... Throwing lines and then they do routes on air, but we haven't really seen any competitive periods with him. But I'll put up uh, for the YouTubers. I'll put up a picture of him. He's been looking good. You, you heard some interesting stuff about him today, I, I guess.
0: Yeah, obviously Travis Dye, veteran running back, projected to be you know an All Pac-12 guy, um, the the number one guy in the backfield right now uh, for USC. It's just super complimentary of Relique Brown. You know, he said he was asked what kind of stands out about him and he said pretty much everything, you know, the way he catches the ball, his speed, um, you know, the way he moves, and I quote, is second to none. You know, those are those are high praise from a guy who, you know, led the Pac-Twelve and all purpose yardage last year and put up a bunch of touchdowns and has played in this this uh this conference a long time. So, you know, when Travis dies putting that kind of praise on a kid, you kinda listen and you know he had another, you know, eye-catching quote being, you know, this is a kid who I can see. I'm paraphrasing, but this is a guy who has the potential to win a lot of awards in the future. You know, a lot of hardware um, in the future. So, and he said, you know, he's going to make freshman mistakes, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Is something that he also added. But he just got to keep keep staying on that path because right now he's he's on pace to to play this season, Ryan. So I think they're they're really because a guy who's impressing a lot of veterans on this team. Yeah. Um He's, when, when you mention him by name
1: without being asked about him, then you know that there's they're someone that's uh, making an impression on his teammates and stuff. So young guy, but just a lot of talent. You know He's got the moves. You know He's got hands. Uh, someone that can really be a dangerous weapon in this offense. So there's a, a lot of potential weapons. Uh, so you're going to see how they all get used uh, in that opener against Rice. And you might see a bunch of backups too if things go uh, swimmingly, as you kind of assume they would. So it was weird. Normally, we talk uh, on Tuesdays is an offensive day. Wednesdays would be a defensive day. But because Tuesday's practice in the morning and then Wednesday's practice is in the afternoon, there's going to be guys that have to leave and go to class. So they wouldn't be available. So if you're an offensive player, you might not be available on Tuesdays. You'd have to speak on Wednesday. And there could be the same thing on the defensive side. I believe there was only one defensive player uh Kalen Bullock I got to talk to him today I'll give you a little recap in a second but when we were waiting to get into practice so we have to leave and then we come back um we were waiting to get in I mean a lot of guys left and and you know you heard guys I think Kobe Pepe was like I gotta go oh no it was uh it might have been Dijon Betten. he was like I gotta go I gotta go got class and like they were grabbing their watermelon and their shakes or whatever and and going out there um and and head over to class so it's uh it was Kind of a mass exit, but, you know, exodus. And then we saw some of the guys that were left over. But Caleb Bullock was one of the guys, so he must have a conflict on Wednesday. And he spoke uh, today. You know, he told me he's up to 190 pounds. and Let me put you – he's looked really good to me. I mean, just filled out quite a bit from last year. You know, no question, one of the leaders uh, on this defense. I asked him about the depth. He said, yeah, the depth is so much better than it was in the spring and uh you know he had mentioned a couple of guys i'd asked them like guys that stood out to him uh sayer wright is someone he said i got a photo of him too he was this is him getting some one-on-one reps in the uh period this morning for uh the scout team stuff so he's out there on the first team corner uh and then zamarian gordon is another guy that that he had mentioned and he talked a little about, about jordan addison really liked the wide receivers in general he didn't want to call out anybody by name but just said man it's a really good group and they feel so much better going against uh that group of of wide receivers but it was it was cool to talk to uh Kalen this morning a little bit just to you know a little different you get to it's mostly offensive players and he's out there uh but you know big smile he's got his dreads got his braces on and stuff and uh it was it's it's. I think he's just someone that's like this budding superstar that mm-hmm. you're just gonna see. He's just gonna have a
0: huge year for USC. I mean, can't get an honorable mention, but yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, that, that's so weird. They're gonna. That's one of those ones where you you leave Marquis Lee off the Belitsnikov Award watch list and he wins it. Like that's that's one of those things. He's not gonna be on the. I thought you were not a watch list, guy Ryan. I'm not a watch list guy. <laughs> that's part of the reason why. Like the guy that won it wasn't even on the watch list, and the watch list is like a hundred people long. Like you couldn't get. You had a hundred. You could pick a hundred receivers. And you didn't pick the right one. Like, you didn't. You know, not in your group. That's that's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I think they're going to regret not having him on the honorable mention. Uh, all, you know, preseason Pack Ten, all Pack Ten team because I, I just Already don't calling a Pack Ten, Pack Twelve. Sorry, Pack Ten. Soon to be pac Ten. Uh, yeah, fun stuff.
0: Um, you want to give a update on some of the injuries? injuries? Yeah. yeah, I mean. A lot of you know guys who are still on Rehab Island, you got Chris Thompson Jr., linebacker, uh, Kyle Ford, Michael Jackson, Solomon Tulia-Pupu, um, Britton Allen was still out there on Rehab Island. Uh, Bryson Shaw did come out in pads, but he was doing rehab with Benny Wiley. Xavier Alford came out in pads, but he was also still doing uh, rehab, it seems, because he was out of his pads by the time the scalp. Stuff started. So it seems like he's still banged up. Damani Jackson, another big name out. Joshua Jackson was out as well, the other cornerback. Those two guys were limited all in spring. But the notable update being that, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley did say that Damani Jackson is sort of dealing with a quote unquote short term injury. So they expect him back in a couple days. And it sounds like he'll be back for the opener, but they just need to get him on the field. You know, like I said, they're not going to play anyone who isn't practicing. So Needs to get back on the field to help him back and hope to have him back in a couple days. Uh, The big new injury that I saw was obviously offensive lineman, uh, Jason Rodriguez, uh, you know, recruited as an offensive tackle out of high school, but has been playing more interior. He's been playing that kind of second team uh, left guard spot, you know, vacated by Maximus Gibbs, who was the second team in the spring and is no longer on the team in the transfer portal. But this is kind of the first big offensive line injury. Came out with a a knee brace on, and he was walking with a significant kind of limp hitch, whatever whatever you want to call it. And it's something I look at and be like, that doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be ready by the opener. So I think he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, Not sure what it is. Again, just a big brace on the knee. So we'll have to see that moving forward. But not a great look for a team that's down on offensive linemen. Doesn't have a lot of depth.
1: Yeah. So they're gonna, you know, I think that's what Josh Hudson said too, you know, earlier today. Some depth concerns there, but you know, you like your your top six, seven guys, and then from you know after that, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But Jason Rodriguez was coming in, looking like he was filling that Max Gibbs spot since he's been gone. So hopefully he's back at some point. But uh, oh,
0: but I I did want to say in terms of like positive stuff, Michael Jackson and Solomon Tulia Pupu, they actually did the team warm ups. With the team, they weren't in uniform, I mean, they weren't in uh, pads or anything, but they were doing it, which is usually a good sign, and it looks like Michael Jackson brought his cleats out uh, for practice, so that also tells me, you know, that he's, 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 yeah, he's doing running, I saw him on Saturday doing some, or he's with the trainer while everyone else went inside, so it seems like he's getting really close uh, to coming back, both of those guys, so Doing the team warmups is a, is a good sign.
1: Yeah, Kyle Ford caught a couple kicks or whatever, like with he had a jersey on but no pads or anything. Um, another guy you talked to who was injured a little bit earlier, um, Gary Bryant Jr. Anything uh, interesting from uh, number one wide receiver?
0: No, it just seems like very focused on. You know, he he said one of his big roles is sort of being accountable to everything they're asking of him, whether that's returning punts or playing outside, playing slot, playing out of the backfield, even if they're asking him to go down and make tackles on punts, whatever they're asking him to do, he just wants to have accountability for himself and doing to the fullest of his ability whatever they want, whatever they ask of him. And that's kind of what I got from him. And I asked him about special teams. Obviously, he's a special teams guy, really good returner, one of the best in the Pac-12. So I just wanted to see how it's going just with, you know, not having a special teams coordinator this season. There's no dedicated... A uh, position coach for that, so it's more, more so done by a student, not a student assistant, a grad, graduate assistant, one of those guys. But he said it's going well, and the big takeaway quote was, "They're they're bringing in guys or they're finding guys on the team that actually want to do special teams because we talked about this on instant how you got to be a little bit crazy to play special teams when you got you know eleven crazy guys running at you, eleven guys running down the field as fast as they can to to, to hit somebody." So you need a little be a little bit crazy to do special teams. So they're kind of finding that right mix of guys who don't want to just go out there and kind of like oh, let's get this over with. They're looking for guys who see this as an important facet of football. You know, it's the third unit of football. And while it's 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 not it's it's a lot quicker than defense and offense. Yeah. In terms of how long they're out there, it's still important, and you can change games with big return or a big block or, or things like that. So it's about finding the guys that want to go out there and make those plays. And what he said, fight, fight out there on special teams. So that's kind of one of the big takeaways I had from talking to GB. I also joke with him because obviously Jordan Addison's pretty fast. Gary oh, Bryant's yes. pretty fast too. So I was just like, are you faster than Jordan? And he was like, he laughed and he was like, no, we, we, we got a race. We haven't raced yet. So I was like, I was surprised they haven't raced, but that'd be an interesting uh, race for sure. For sure, you'd want to see that. Um, yeah, there's. It's funny when people
1: talk about Jordan Addison. You're sort of like, oh yeah, that guy's a stud, and we just added him to the team. Um, but he seems to be fitting along and fitting in with everybody. He's. Uh, we'll have his video interview up. I don't know if you have it up already it's on already our up. YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, you
0: watching this live? You can go watch it right now. Yeah, you can go check it out. But don't don't
1: go away from us watching live. Uh, they why can do screen and screen or whatever picture and picture? Come yeah, on. it's hard to hear both. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come right back. And uh, when we come back, we will talk about, uh, well, answer some of the questions you guys had. So back in a minute.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: All right, we're back here on the Paracel Podcast. I will cast on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Troy. Uh, we had, let's see, one email question for you, Chris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm. is L.A. Transplant in Diego. Uh, I think he means San Diego. He says, if the tight end group keeps getting thinner, thoughts on Kyle Ford filling in if he doesn't get any run at wide
0: receiver? Lincoln was actually asked about tight end depth, and he made it sound like he wasn't that concerned, but when you look at it, you know, it is a little bit concerning, because you need Josh Fowler to step up, and it's something he said, you know, we need him to stay on the field, because he has talent, but you need to stay on the field. Josh Fowler was back at practice today, he was fully suited up, and I know we've, we've mentioned him multiple times on this show and on Instant about sometimes he's not out there, sometimes he's Stressed out sometimes, he uh, takes the pads off by the end of practice. So he just needs to stay consistently out there and healthy to be able to help. But they do need somebody to step up. It looks like Ethan Ray and uh, Sean Mahoney are kind of being scout team guys right now. Yeah. So it looks like Josh follows that third guy with Malcolm Epps and Lake McCree. But yeah, they're a couple injuries away from it looking a little, little grim. But with Kyle Ford, I do kind of like that because he is sort of a bigger... Uh, wide receiver he you know i feel like he has the the top half of like a uh, uh oh uh a tight end but he's not obviously as tall like he's not as tall as those guys you know i know he's listed at like six two but he's more like six one ish um and those guys are more like you know your tight ends, you want him like 6'3", six five, six five, like yeah. you can get away with the two but he's not that um but i kind of i i do like the idea of him kind of playing that that h back spot. Um, because he is a physical blocker, and he's we know he's good at that. And that position needs to be able to block and catch out of the backfield. So I don't hate it, but he also needs to be healthy. Yeah, because he hasn't practiced in a while. He's been been injured. So once they get him back, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe they if they and they need the tight end depth. They experiment with that because he has a bigger-bodied receiver, but he needs to be healthy. Can't make the club in the tub, as they like to say.
1: Can't make the club in the tub. Yeah, it's hard to replace an injured guy if you're injured too. So, um, but yeah, good one from there. Uh, let's go to a YouTube question from Jason. Sweet. How's the
0: DL looking, boys? I think the DL, well, first of all, I would say the DL is looking pretty healthy-ish. You yeah. know, they got some depth. Uh, I did, one guy didn't m- forget to mention, Earl Barquette, you know, who's oh, been yeah. working, kind of working on the third team. He was out today. Not sure what that is about. But, you know, Earl Barquette, being the new one, and then Solomon tulia Pupu are kind of the two really only injuries they really had on the D line. Knock on wood, um, but I think they, you know, obviously Tuli is Tuli. you know, Dejon Benton has had a really good camp, still working with that first team. Nick Figueroa is, you know, consistent, dependable. Brandon Peely shaped, uh, slimmed down a lot, um, you know. Solomon Bird's kind of been flipping with those rush ends. DN can play DN, so. I think they have some, some talent there, obviously, behind with Thule. Uh, they just need guys to step up and, and kind of help him out and make plays. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of double teams, I, I imagine. So yeah. they need to be able to step up and get after it and make it worthwhile. You know, you need Dejon Ben to get in the backfield when Thule's dealing with two guys on the other side. Or right. Stanley... Strong as he is, he needs to be able to, you know, get in that backfield and use that you those guys need to use their quickness to their advantage against these uh Pac-12 linemen and kind of make plays in the backfield. So, you know, it's not a star-studded group by any means outside of really Thule, but you know, they have some you just want them to be scrappy, you want them to be quick, you want them to make plays. I think it's gonna be a a D-line by committee kind of kind of deal with yeah. Thule kind of being the the lead singer of that group. So sure. So that's kind of what my feel is. but the band you know, members are going to tra- change yeah, out. Yeah. Know? They're going to they're gonna have different guys on the, the base and uh, <laughs> the triangle. I don't know. I don't know. band, Whatever. But you know, the cowbell. Um, oh, you need that. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what it's going to be. You got Tooley and then you know, a couple guys can get sacks here and there, make plays here and there, and it's going to be a committee kind of deal. But I, th- I think they have good potential I just need to see it.
1: Speaking of one of those, Eric wants to know, haven't heard much about Tyrone Tallini. What are you guys seeing about this transfer?
0: Yeah, I about? mean, Tyrone was kind of Tyron. Tyron Tallini? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting loopy now. It's <laughs> the that that nap's creeping in on me. But uh, number 31, Tallini, he kind of was kind of working like Dejan Ben was kind of working, yeah. you know, kind of. He would get not as consistent with the first team as Dejon has been in fall, but he would get some first-team reps. And, you know, he's a guy who's obviously a little bit more raw than a lot of guys on the team because he is a rugby player turned football that didn't start playing football until he moved here several years ago, a few years ago. So a little more raw, but he seems to be consistently now on that second-team unit, um, but kind of similar to Dejon. Dejan's I think, is a little bit smaller, um, but uses that quickness tenacity kind of deal, you know, like a Rudy type, you know, these guys are kind of undersized, mm-hmm. yes. but they're quick. And that's kind of what this defense calls for. It's like with Stanley Tawafu in the middle of that nose tackle. He is very undersized for a traditional nose tackle, but he's quick. yeah, And he's small. He's a former linebacker and he's strong. So that's kind of what this defense utilizes. So Tallini in that right, Fits it because he's he smaller. In, yeah. But right now, he's been kind of beyond on the second team. And kind of, yeah, kind of guy you forget about because he was seem to be emerging in spring. But now it kind of he's settled into that second team.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got another YouTube question from Nico. All right. Do you guys feel like the Collie is going to be visually packed for the first couple of games? I um, do. I think I'm, I've talked we're gonna about this. I'm going to have some stuff in the War Room coming up on, oh. on uh, season ticket stuff. But uh, it's, as you can guess... It's positive. Um, I wasn't given any numbers on what expected attendance will be, but uh, they've they've done well with season tickets. They've had those mini packages that were including like Notre Dame. I those think they're are having th- like a flash sale. And there's a yeah, flash. No. Uh, yeah, there's like a flash sale going on right now. Um, but yeah, I think if you're talking about visually, like I'm guessing you're to get in the high 60s for the Rice game, which you know maybe you have ten thousand open seats. Um, I think visually it's going to look pretty good. I think you have a pretty th- full student section. I
0: think compared to last year, it's going to be oh my gosh, look yeah, great night and day. I I went with seventy. You said you high with 60s. I went seventy, so I'm just going to go with seventy. Yeah, but yeah, I expect the student section to be popping.
1: Uh, let's see. Some of my, we know. had I think oh we already did this one from smart and then. Should we uh, get
0: back to what's his face Sam? Uh,
1: was it Phil? Phil. Phil. Here, yeah, let, let me put Phil's up right now. Sorry. I'm, producing and hosting at the same time phil uh who's your guy's favorite player to watch on offense and defense um let's see well like are you projecting or like i mean because a lot like a lot of the guys we just haven't seen yet um yeah can't watch it entirely um I mean, I like watching Kalen Bullock on the defensive side. Like, yeah, that's he's a fun. good one. That's a good he's, one. I mean, at a safety spot, you can do a lot of things. Um, you know, you're making tackles in the run game. You're covering guys. You're, you know, you're, you're just kind of, you got some space and you can uh, do some things. So I,
0: I, I like watching him. I'm interpreting this as sort of like a practice question, but oh, okay. when he's, he- I mean, that's fine. But when he's healthy, solo is fun to watch. Yeah. He's got such a violent first step. And it's really fun to watch because, you know, he's a linebacker, a former linebacker. So he's a lot quicker. His punch is a lot quicker. And so I like watching them in drills. Like, man, he just gets it up there so fast. And, uh, you know, he, he gets after it. You know, guys talk about that all the time. His motor is just like unmatched. So, Speaking of that,
1: uh, Eddie says, if Solo gets healthy by Saturday, should Rice just forfeit?
0: <laughs> yes. Just, <laughs> just send him out there. Even if he's just, even if he's not like cleared or whatever, just send him out to do the coin flip, um, by himself. Just send him out by himself, padded up, war paint on or whatever. I love it. And yeah, you could do the be, yeah. You, you'll hear the ref go, "What's that? Rice you you don't, you don't want to, you don't want, you don't want to pick a, a okay. <laughs> Rice, Rice is just forfeited. <laughs> uh, we can all go
1: home. And if by the way, if you're putting up your questions, for some reason the any emojis don't show up. So he had little like uh, siren emojis around his mm-hmm. question, but I'm sorry that that didn't uh, that didn't translate for our program for whatever reason. So um, we got another one. This is from Jimmy. Starting front seven or front six, should I say? Since Grinch primarily uses five DBs, front. Seven. Yeah, like well, we know there's going to be a rotation in the front, right? So I mean, just
0: off the, I mean, uh, Dejan, Stanley, Tule, uh, Tule, Romolo, Romello. Nickel, Max,
1: Max Williams. Uh, but if he, it's, uh, I'm guessing if he's not on the field, it might be the Eric Gentry. Maybe he's, you know, if they got three linebackers in there. Maybe it's him. Maybe it
0: Shane Raylan and,
1: and Gentry. Gentry. Yeah. I think that's probably I think that makes the most sense. But um thanks for that one, Jimmy. But we I mean you talk like about, a
0: 335.
1: Yeah, but we're we're gonna see rotating guys. And I think the linebackers maybe they weren't rotate, but it might depend on down and distance. Uh you know, if you're playing Stanford, you might see extra linebackers in there um i'm not too familiar with rice yet i gotta dig in and see what what's going on there they have um i know there's someone familiar for rice it's one of the coaches or something i'm blanking uh i was like oh he's there at rice um why am i blanking on who who it is i don't know we'll figure it but we'll we'll get into our previews and stuff next week but i haven't really dug into uh you know what's going on there keith um has a question on the tailgate um where exactly are you guys set up for the tailgate so i'll, I'll put out information uh, as we get it but it's not going to be it's it, i believe it's going to be over near the african-american history or heritage museum um this is where we did it last year so or? last year was on christmas tree lane mm-hmm. uh, the company we were working with there went they're, out of business no they're still there um there's an interesting story with that too, but oh, for no. a different company. Tell me,
0: tell me off Different company.
1: Uh, but no, um, Tailgate Concierge, it's uh run by, you know, uh USC family, USC grads. And um they were on Christmas Tree Lane last year, but they're moved to uh one of the other museums there. So I will get you guys the information on that. Uh but it should be fun. Trader Joe's is definitely in. Probably have the the free massages that we had before, like when someone come, you know, you get like a ten minute massage. And I'm working on my my guy Dano to see if he's going to do the grill. So. And a bake off. And we're going to have the bake off. I need
0: for sure. I need sweet toothers. I need people with sweet tooth. That's teeth me. To, yeah. now you can't do it. You're. Oh yeah. To to judge this.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be a judge because I'm a participant. But I'm gonna I will enjoy eating your. Cupcakes, for sure. So. I'll
0: enjoy eating your trash, too. I mean, your cupcakes, oh, too. Oh, jeez. Christian, how do you
1: guys feel about being ranked number 14? Well, we're not ranked 14. <laughs> we're ranked number one as far as podcasts go, Damn. USC podcasts. But Damn. I think that makes sense. USC being 14, I think, is uh, right about the right spot. I think I think, I, I,
0: think I mentioned, I, th- I thought it was a, a little bit high. You know, I would have maybe like 16, okay. 17, 15, 14. Well, 14 fine. I see it. I can see it easily um, for that preseason rank, but I think it's a little bit high. But I think it's fine. I think uh, so.
1: I'm predicting USC to go like nine and three. Um, you know, and but if they went eleven to one or ten and two, like I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, but just, it's hard to go from four and eight to something like that. So I, I feel like nine and three is a, a really good improvement and be a good spot at the end of the year. If you're nine and three, you're probably ranked in the teens like that. Uh, but if they end up ten to two, it's going to be a top ten kind of team. So it's pretty cool. Uh, thanks for the question, Quan. Uh, I hear Gentry's name. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I hear Gentry's getting all the first team reps. Uh, what's the thought about the kid? So we kind of talked about him already. I don't know about all the first team reps, but he's getting first team reps for sure. Any thoughts? Chris? Any other thoughts? That we mean, didn't really cover. I, We're kind of. I said
0: I said my gentry spiel. I said my gentry spiel. Yeah, just super talented, but you know, obviously, just has to get caught up with the scheme, and it sounds like he's pretty much there. So we don't know how like much. I I assume you're going off his mother's post on Twitter. Right. He's getting on the first team reps. Well, is she watching practice? I don't know. So I don't. It still, you know, it seems like, I don't even know what I'm saying right now, Ryan. How much it's, longer are we time. doing this? Okay,
1: sorry, we're not much longer. We'll get through a couple more of these. He's uh, super
0: talented. He's going to play. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starter. If he's starting by the end of the season. Blackie Chan plays. Uh, when do you think we're going to see a depth chart? I don't think we I don't, will. I think he does depth charts. Does he? Okay. Ryan, I believe so. So next week would probably be your, your best bet. Yeah, some, something like, like that. Like
1: that Thursday before. Uh, let me see. All right. Well, we, we can probably... Um, oh, so, yeah, Gary Lewis wanted the same thing. Like, did did uh, Lincoln Riley put up a two beat, two deep at, at Oklahoma?
0: I believe he did because I've done searches, like, um, like about the depth chart. Like, I was thinking I was specifically looking up, like, Titan and H-back stuff. And I believe there was two deeps released. So, I had to go double check on that, but I'm pretty sure...
1: Uh, um, Joshua Shaw put up on the chat, um, Marcus Sopo is the offensive coordinator of Rice. So is that what that's, that's what I was talking about from before. Yeah. Um, so I was talking about that. So, um, yeah, thank you for that, Joshua. I wanted to, I, I knew there was some, I read something about him and I was like, wait, that's someone that was at USC is on the Rice staff and, uh, it's Marcus Sopo. So, uh, we got, let's do one last one and we'll let Chris go get his, uh, um Nap, and it, we'll we'll give it to Joshua because he did us help help he did a solid by bringing up the Marcus Tua Sopo. What do y'all think about Rayleigh Brown bringing number five out of retirement next year if he breaks out this year? Hmm, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. He's like Chris pointed out. He's wearing fourteen, or maybe Shotgun pointed it out. Like is that, Shotgun is out.
0: that one plus four? Is that five? I'm not good at math, but I think that's uh, I think that's what it is. Obviously, I'm assuming if you get if you're if you in this like hypothetical you're asking us Reggie's given the blessing or whatnot, but I don't know. I feel like there's still not like uh, a balance in the college football world until Reggie gets his Heisman back. Yeah, that so has maybe to that has to like happen first before you can like. Full circle, give that five to someone. I
1: mean, you got Urban Meyer back on the Fox set for, you know, it's like you got to give Reggie his back. Come on. Like
0: this is. Yeah, just, I mean, I don't know if those two things equate, but sure. Is, you know. Doing a commercial to giving back one of the, mo- the, the I- most iconic statue of all time due to some silly He's a commercial. He's back on their show. He's, yeah. Well. It's not just a commercial. He's he like, kicked the dude. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: well, we want to see
0: Reggie. I just think about. they're two. I, I just think there's a better analogy there for the. I'm analogy. sure there is. Maybe you'll get a nap. You'll come back. You'll get something good. You'll I'll give you a good, good. food I'm analogy. getting loopy now, so let's. Uh. One last one, okay? Because Blackie Chan plays, put this up like five times, okay?
1: They, oh, I'm sorry. So he did. I put up the wrong one. He said over under Brendan Rice, 500
0: plus yards, five TDs. He also said the same thing about Kyle Ford. I would take. I, I would if take I a, rice and yeah, I would take the rice on if you're comparing those two, over under 500 yard. Is that all-purpose? Uh, I think it's just talking about receiving yards. Uh, receiving yards. I would go, un. No, I'll I'll take the over. I do. So I'm, I'm assuming you have to hit over both for both, 501 uh, yards. You can do that.
1: No, but and five TDs. Yeah, uh, I, I think five TDs is easy. So I think I think I would go that with. Brennan Rice. Um Kyle Ford's my guy, but the fact that he's not practicing right now is not lending like I, I feel like he could have a good year, but the fact that he's not out there right now, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna say. club in the tub, Ryan. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, we gotta let Chris uh, get some sleep. I gotta, you know. I'm gonna go to sleep right now on Are you gonna you just, yeah. just
0: just <laughs> just close it out? I'm just gonna go to sleep right now. Uh
1: that is Chris Trevino right over there. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for listening to podcast yes we were up early for practice we've been working the whole day no, no sob stories i know it's just uh, you know chris is a little tired which is fine but hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh we will talk to you next time you may have noticed that shopping at trader joe's is
0: unlike shopping at other markets people ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices this is dan bain of trader joe's the answer is simple.